This week, we're down a soldier. Tim is engaged dad mode. In the meantime, we talk about the second to the last episode of Game of Thrones, Magic the Gathering Arena, and I, Jason, started playing D&D 5th Edition. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm nah, Mitch. I'm Tim. <laughs> also, we spoil shit. So, as of this recording, uh, Game of Thrones has just ended its, what, episode four? Five? Five. Second to last. So, you just watched it, and I'm watching Twitter, and everybody's mad. Dude, everyone is so mad on Twitter. It's crazy. Wait, wait a minute. Um, spoilers. We did a, we did a good job. There we go. <laughs> 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 so it's crazy. <laughs> well, why, why is everybody mad, Mitch? I just okay. I everyone I feel is mad. Uh, so remember, like a couple a couple episodes ago, we were we were speculating and we were theorizing what was going to happen on the show, and I'm pretty sure I said that Danny, the dragon chick, is going to go crazy. Uh, well, it happened. Uh, so she, and they kind of foreshadowed it in the last episode. Um, you could see in the way that they were doing her makeup, they made her look a lot more pale, uh, than, than she normally does. And her eyes were like bagged and like red around her eyes and stuff like that. And so she was, she was taking on the look of someone who was like, I'm going to, they're going to like lose their shit. Mm -hmm. Well, so she, is like tired of n nobody loving her and that she wants her damn throne and whatever, whatever. So she's like, fuck it. I'm attacking the big city. And, uh, so everyone's like, okay, like, but you know, there's like a bunch of innocent people that live there. So if we can take it, you know, by not killing everybody, that'd be great. And she's like, no, fuck it. Like they're, they're, they're worshiping a devil queen. And if they don't, if they worship her, then they're devils too. Whatever. I mean, that's, my interpretation but anyway so she gets to they she gets her army to the city and they start like ripping things to shit and the um the opposing army like dies almost immediately uh so i want to say it was like an it was an hour and a half a little less than an hour and a half long episode it's a long episode yeah and uh the first 30 minutes of it was kind of like build up to and my time frames could like totally be off but the thir first 30 minutes or so was was her getting to and like trying to start the whole war or whatever and get into the city and then the battle starts and maybe like 15 minutes of battle time of her dragon like ripping shit up or whatever and then her her dragon perches on a on a building. Um, there's a bunch of fire going over around and everything like that. The the enemy's forces are like dwindled and everything. And um, and all of a sudden they're like, ring the bell, ring the bell, because throughout this entire time they're like, okay, if the bell rings, that means they surrender. So you know, don't kill everybody. Uh, so they ring the bells, and uh, Cersei, the the queen that they're there to defeat, 
is like, oh no, we lost. And Danny is sitting on her dragon and she gets like even more mad that they surrendered. And then she starts killing everybody. Like the next 45 minutes of the show was her on her dragon, like running around, just blowing shit up, killing not only the um, the opposing army, but the innocent people that were living there. And uh, and yeah, just wreaking havoc and like dest- basically destroying the city. So the the main castle's gone, like a bunch of homes are destroyed. All the different buildings are destroyed. And it was uh, Jon Snow being like trying to stop it from happening, but not being able to because he's in the middle of the city with a bunch of his troops and he can't control them enough to because it's her it's her troops and his troops and they're all just kind of going crazy and attacking and pillaging and raping and blah 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 and uh so now he's kind of realizing that uh she cray and she nuts. uh she nuts uh Arya was there and she kind of realized that she cray uh at the very beginning of the episode there's this dude named Ferris who basically was like yeah I don't trust you anymore and you're going to make a bad decision and he tried to get Jon Snow uh cuz if you remember we talked about how Jon Snow is like the he's the true heir to the throne and so Varys was like oh no you should you should you know take your place because uh this chick Cray and Jon's like no man she's my queen uh <laughs> I got her back and now I don't think he got her back very much. So I got to ask you something because uh, uh, some of these Twitter threads, people are saying this one girl says, Danny, cry for help. Please love me, John. Um, Well, no more sex for you. Is that what you're talking about? What's that of me? I've seen more than one person say this. Yeah. So uh, Danny is a Targaryen and she is his aunt. And I think he isn't, I don't know. It's kind of weird because he like, he's like, I love you. But then they start kissing and, and then he like kind of backs away. And it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't know if he's hesitant because he kind of sees her going um, sideways a little bit, or if he's hesitant because he also found out that she's his aunt. And for him, that isn't really kosher, but for her, like Targaryens for hundreds of years have wed brother sister and so they don't care. So I don't know. They she wants him. He says he loves her but like won't bang, okay? So I don't know. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> People are really mad. So she's like a fan favorite character then, huh? Oh yeah, man. Like she is I want to say, other than Jon Snow, the those two are the are like the top characters. It's it's her and him, and they basically took her character and just did exactly what I thought they were gonna do. Is they made her gonna go crazy? But it's it's interesting because a lot of people on Twitter, from what I'm seeing, are are going through and they're like, yeah, you know, you you took her nine year of story arc and you threw it down the drain and I don't really see it that way. Um, Like, I don't see this as her turning against what she's always done. She's, she's always gone through and killed people. Uh, Even from when she first started to gain power, like way back in season like four or whatever it was, 
she freed this entire uh, city and like saved all the slaves, which is, you know, good. And, but then she was like, okay, we got all the slaves freed. Sweet. Now all the masters like fucking kill them all. And people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, How about we don't? (laughs) Cause you're going to piss everybody off. And she's like, fucking kill them all. And like, and nailed them to uh, like, uh, there was like these, these uh, trail marker type of things that had slaves nailed to them showing and they were um they were pointing their hands in a way of like showing which direction to go to get to the city because it was like a big slaver city Mm. and so she took all the slaves down that were dead on those crosses and put masters up instead so she's always been crazy like she's always been this way but i guess people just ignored it so another thing that people seem to be pissing or like getting mad about is there's one episode left Yes. And they feel like it's rushed. What would you say to that criticism? Um, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I feel like this entire past couple of seasons have been rushed. Um, and, and the pacing of it is just a lot different than uh, what the beginning show used to be like. Like, there, there's, there's two main cities, right? And there's there's Winterfell and there's King's Landing as as like good landmarks. And the time it takes to get between one and the other is supposed to be like months. And in the early days, it was like, oh, you leave. And then like a couple episodes later, you would probably get to. Uh, if you left King's Landing, you get to Winterfell. Or if you left Winterfell, you get to King's Landing. So it took a couple episodes mm-hmm. and it showed them traversing and it showed them like, like, yeah, this is a long journey. And now there was like there was a scene where they're in one area. Arya's leaving Winterfell last episode. And then this episode, she's like in the first part of the episode, she's like, okay, maybe halfway there. And then and then the next scene, okay, she's there. (laughs) And so everything is just kind of like this pushed forward, rushed kind of thing. And so, yeah, like what I like for it to be strewn out a little bit more maybe um i also don't think this episode was i don't think it was very good honestly like i i think they spent way too much time after her rampage i mean the majority of the episode was her rampaging through the city and and then it stopped like they didn't have to spend like that 45 minutes on that topic. They could have spent, you know, 15, maybe 20 and then taken another 20 minutes to, to then like show the aftermath and her, you know, whatever getting into the throne or whatever the next scene is going to be. They could have done that. There was just, there was a lot of time of her, of people like running away and like a dragon flying by and then running away. And then another, the dragon flying by again, like, Oh no, there's fire. Oh no, this building's collapsing. Yeah, we get it. The city's destroyed. Like move on. I don't know. It was rushed, but it wasn't rushed at the same time. The time frame is totally rushed, though. They want to get that Michael Bay money. Yeah. Well, and they don't have a lot of time to, like... They already took this last season, and they split it in two. So, each season from one through six went over kind of not really, but kind of went over like a book worth of content. Uh, and then the last 
season, season seven, they were like, well, you know, there's a lot more content that we can get through. And so instead of doing a, a 10 episode se- season, they did a seven episode season. And then they're like, we'll do one more season after this. And so they did instead of one 10 episode season, they did a seven episode season and then another six episode season. But there's still just a shit ton of content in here that they're trying to cram in. Yeah, like this tweet here says the fact that both HBO and GRRM wanted more seasons and D&D said no and just made this shit show excuse of the final season. Just ugh. That's what this guy's talking about or or lady or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think people are just going to be pissed. I think people are going to be um, happy and other people are going to be sad with how the show ends. And in my mind, that's like the I, I think that's like a good show, right? Like it kind of sucks if you're upset at how it ends. But at the same time, if you're the writer, I mean, not everything can be, uh, you know, cupcakes and and gravy well the problem is and i I think i've spoken about this before and i'm not speaking as a game of thrones fan but i am speaking as an authenticity fan of things that are authentic and i i think some of these fans looking at what they're saying feel like this is inauthentic because it's not their their boy who wrote the books doing it so now like for example there is a hat the hashtags that are blowing up on twitter are obviously game of thrones and GRRM, so George R. R. Martin, and people are pleading for him to not do this in the book. So, yeah, I, well, as I'm saying, no, though, his fans will feel like this is inauthentic. And that I makes think sense. they're going to be because I know that George R. R. Martin, like, was what talked to the people, talked to the writers, and was like, okay, you know, it's not going to be exact same thing that happens in the book, there will be differences. But here's the major plot points and here's the direction that I'm going is if I understand that correctly. And it was a couple of years yeah. ago that I that I read that article because uh, it was when it was when they first started going off of the books. It was during season seven when they were doing season seven. That was the first. No, season six. Yeah, season six. When they were doing season six, that was the first time that they they didn't have any source of content for it, but they were working with George R. R. Martin and 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 everything so it, it's going to be interesting what's going to happen when the books finally do come out because if the same thing happens in the book in my eyes it's like well yeah there you go you stupid people on twitter like saying that this is george wouldn't have done that like look he did he did do that but i can see also people being like oh he copped out and he just copied what the showrunners did and blah 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 and, and at this point it kind of sucks because you don't you're never going to really know. No. You know, unless he comes, I guess, unless he comes out and says like, nah, motherfucker, I I had this plan. Like, here's the piece of paper that I gave them that said, Danny kills everyone. (laughs) Like, this is a plot point. This is what she's going to do because this gets us to the next step. You know, it's interesting about this concept. And the last one I, I I can think of it happened in Western media. It happens in Japanese media all the time where uh, manga goes beyond and the uh, manga, uh, the mangaka gives them snippets, but because it's an ongoing serial, the mangaka often changes their mind anyway. So it's, it's never anywhere near what the anime, for example, is. But for a good example for Western media is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, the final volume of Scott Pilgrim had not come out by the time close enough to the time that the movie was coming out. Um, and when the movie was filmed and, and given the author had given them snippets and it was so 
different from what was in the book in the movie for example like there were some similarities but it's way different way way different that they just said you know what this is an alternate ending <laughs> we're not even gonna fuck with that it's an alternate ending to the book i mean that works yeah that's a that's a good way to do it they probably should have did that to prepare you know yeah but well, the, I don't prob- know, I don't the know problem is, though, yeah, Scott Pilgrim's last volume came out so close to the movie that people could go see the movie and go, I wasn't satisfied with that. And just go read the book. Because it was so it was the last volume that was out during that same year. Yeah, that the Game of Thrones fans don't have that, right? No, not at all. I mean, it, it's been a long time. The book, the last book either came out in 2011 or was 11 years ago i remember 11 being a an important number but i don't remember which way what the fuck has he been doing yeah right well that's and that's and that's what i'm saying and and that's two books behind where we're at now so it's even like the the scott pilgrim example is a good uh like is a good counter an example of like the way that that could go and everything but at the same time i don't Scott Pilgrim didn't have nine years of buildup to get there. And that's, that's why people are mad. Like it's, they think that this is going to be some, I don't know. They, I feel like people had it in their mind that there were heroes of the story and that there were villains of the story and the heroes are going to be heroes the entire time. And one of the people that they thought was a hero might actually be a villain now and they're not okay with it. And it's because mm-hmm. they thought it was a hero for nine, nine years. And I don't know, man, like that to me is like, Ooh, so good. I, I love heel turns. Yeah. I'm an old school wrestling fan. I love that shit. It's fucking great. That's what I'm saying, but, man. Like it's good. Yeah. Heel turns are awesome, but, uh, all right. So got one more episode left. You think they're going to be able to wrap things up? Is it, is it like going to be like a two hour sensation, you know, or is it going to be another hour and a half or what? Uh, it's another hour and a half. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's actually really interesting because I have with the way this last episode went. I have no idea how the series is going to end. And. It could end with like. In true. In true Game of Thrones style, right? If we if we tie it back to the first season of Game of Thrones, you had this boy, my boy Ned Stark, right? And he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm like I'm cool, I'm good. I got this guy here or whatever." And he travels to uh, King's Landing, and any Stark that has well, and then he dies. He gets beheaded by the the king at the time Joffrey who was a little twat he did by the way as a side note he did such a good the actor that played him did such a good job on they had to retire they like I yeah he everyone who would see him in public was like I fucking hate you (laughs) it's great um not for great for him no not great for him though I hope he has enough money to live off of yeah I don't know if he's done anything since. Well, I heard that. So did, did did he really retire? Did he just like, did they force him out of public life? You know, honestly, I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything since uh, 
the anything since he was in Game of Thrones, but I don't his name is something okay. I see a, when I search for Joffrey Baratheon, I see his name, but I don't see who plays him. That's thanks. His name is uh, Jack Gleason. There you go. Jack Gleason. Has he been in anything? No, he, he dropped out. of he, he didn't quit the industry. He just dropped out of blockbusters because of his treatment. Okay. I mean, that kind of sucks for him, but he did. So he did such a good job, right? That he kind of screwed himself out of a job. That's kind of sad. That's anyway. yeah, well, that's that's not his fault. That's that's no, fucking that's rabid fandom. Fault. That's rabid right. fandom right there. And that's so okay. So, well, I'm gonna finish my story. Okay, and then we'll get into that. So, in the first season, and let's see if we get some parody with this. This is my prediction for the la- the next one. Kind of, I I kind of hope it doesn't happen, but at the same time, if it does happen, like ooh. So in the first season, Ned Stark, who you think is going to be one of the main characters of the show travels from Winterfell to King's Landing. And at the very end of the season, he gets beheaded and he dies. His son in the next seasons tries to go down and go to King's Landing and he dies. And so they've said, oh, any Stark at some point they were like, oh, if any Stark, any Stark that goes to King's Landing dies Jon Snow who is half Stark is now in King's Landing it would be very interesting if the way that the show ends is with Danny sitting on the throne and like she kills Jon because she's crazy and then they're just under the rule of another mad king because it the very at the very very beginning of the show they talked about it would it had happened in the past um but they were talking about how it was their rebellion against the mad king that was what got them to where they are today mm-hmm. it would be interesting if the very end was the beginning of a new reign of reign of a mad king it would just be like circular logic how history repeats yeah. itself yeah yeah, like, be, uh, I think people would be really angry with that, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, people would be. I pissed. wouldn't be angry at that because the, uh, to me, that would that probably would have been like the moral of the story all along. Like, you know, it's like a South Park episode where they show people rallying against Walmart, and then they just go. They went to whatever Ed Mart, and then turned that into the next Walmart. Right. So like it'll be were, interesting. They rebelled like, against the king, and then they made one of their own. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh it it'll be interesting though like getting back to the the rabid fans part if people start turning on Amelia Clark now who's the well, actress that plays Danny yeah i people are nuts like i think we talked about this before but uh, people were harassing Stephen Amell and his his real life wife during the allicity shit. This is the reason why I stopped watching the CW shows because like the writers were fucking pandering to those fucking fanatics like for a while. And they you, and they used that they changed, but you know, it, um, it's still kind of shitty. Yeah. The, the, the Raylo freaks, you know, I, I get it, man. You want to have a character, but you leave it in the fantasy, not with the real life people. Right. You know, 
Like, what is that about? I don't know. Anyway, but they were, some of the fans are uh, harassing Adam Driver's wife. I, and I never, I've never seen anything that rabid beyond like the shippers. But now that you told me about this Joffrey guy just being a really fucking good villain, that people are like, I will kill you, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. People are fucking nuts. And it kind of sucks. And it also, like, I can't imagine what it's like to be a, a writer on one of these, uh, on one of these long standing shows or anything like that where you get these rabid fans. Cause like on the one hand, uh, I don't want to pander to an audience. I want to write the show that I'm writing and I want it to end the way that I want it to end. And like, if you don't like it, like cool, then you don't like it. But if you do like it, then you're going to like it. But on the other hand, I don't like death threats. So, well, so this is one, this is always my argument where I don't like things that go too long. I think, I think four to five for TV series is probably a good time to end. And the reason why is the writers, not even withstanding like crazy fans, I think just get fatigued. And all these shows that run a long time, good example, Dexter, How I Met Your Mother, um, True Blood, stuff like that. They just they their final seasons are pretty fucking shit usually, and I think it's just because the writers are just fatigued and out of ideas. Yeah, and it's I it's I think a lot of those shows are when you don't have source material to back you up. Yeah, then then the fatigue can definitely set in, um, and then it's especially prevalent when you have source material but you don't necessarily follow it um i never read any of the the sookie stackhouse novels um, yeah, neither, neither did i uh-uh. but i've heard that the show kind of trails off from the book quite I don't a bit even, i don't even remember i don't i mean i just remember just the show just going in a goofy ass direction and i just lost interest i didn't i haven't to this day i've only watched two episodes of the final season i just it wasn't bad it's was like i just didn't care yeah, I just I didn't care. Like, it was just like meh. Which I well, it's funny if you ever look into how TV or TV show writing goes is at least on network television. I don't know about these big HBO dramas, but like a network television, every season they have to like if they are uncertain if they're going to get renewed, they have to like write a semi ending, but also leave it open for another season. That's got to be pretty fucking tough to do, and that also makes it like to me. It makes the quality go down because it, you 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 can't have a good idea of where your story is going because you don't know if you're going to be renewed or not. Yeah, well, and I almost think it's even worse if you do get renewed, right? Like you write your first season and you're like, okay, I don't know if it's going to get renewed or not, so we'll we'll end it, but like it could kind of go on, and then it gets renewed for like five seasons, and you're like, oh shit, I only had one more season worth of content, and now you're trying to like struggle to figure out okay, how do I end this season so it bleeds into the next season and then next year is, okay, how do I make another season out of what I just came up with last year that I don't even remember half of? I don't know. I, yeah. I would think that's worse. But oh, Yeah, I agree. Or if you get like a show that they didn't expect to blow up, blow up, and you only had so much <laughs> in your head. Right. I don't yeah, know. then you have shows like uh, South Park and and Simpsons that have been going for twenty years, and they won't die. Although Simpsons has kind of gone downhill, 
The Simpsons gone downhill since 2003, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I mean, manga falls in that trap too. Like the guy uh, Akira Toriyama wanted to end DBZ several times, but because it was so popular, he his his editors and publishers kept pushing him to go forward. So that's why some of the later arcs, at least in Dragon Ball Z, are kind of shit, like the Boo arc, real bad. So yeah, yeah, money. But so next week will be our our last uh, Game of Thrones talk, and hopefully we'll have Tim back because he's he's in dad mode right now. But it'll be interesting to see what he thinks. Yeah, we'll have a uh, two episodes to talk about with him, hopefully, and uh, I don't know. We'll. It'll be, I'll be excited to see how it ends. I'll say that. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to save my, my official review. I'm not too happy with this episode, um, but, but it, I mean, it was still, it was still entertaining, eh, kind of, uh, but the official review of everything will, will come a little bit later once, uh, once I see how it ends. And then everybody will have a dopamine rush until the next cultural phenomenon hype show comes out. Yep. So did you ever play any card games, like training card games, like Magic growing up? Um, I briefly got into Magic because I had a friend give me a hand-me-down deck, but I didn't have anybody to play it with because I grew up in Flint, Michigan, and nobody plays that shit. Um, so I had a deck I never really used. Um. But I did play uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, that, at my school, was kind of the secret game that everybody played. For some reason, uh, the school I went to, anime card games, did very well. I don't know why. They just did. So, that was my card experience. And I briefly got into the Pokemon cards when they first came out in, like, early 1999 or something. Hmm. You know, so. I, I will say... I played a little bit of Yu-Gi-Oh uh, when that when that card game came out. That game was fun. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh, I um, I really wanted like I want card games still to this day uh, to end up like they are on that Yu-Gi-Oh show. I mean, not not necessarily to where they're like this huge um, like corporate thing, but the the battle arenas that they had, right? And they had like their little thing and they'd slam down a, a card and uh like a virtual monster would come up based on the card that they played and they would actually like fight each other on in like an arena. Yeah. That was super cool. And I kind of feel like we're getting closer to that with all these online card games that we're having. Yeah. Um, I always liked some so some some anime uh like to you know how they like to have like a device to like a pokedex or like um what was it uh digimon tamers which is like my god that was an old ass show they had a way to scan their cards into a device with smartphones i'm surprised no one's had that yet where like you have like a like a square type little thing at the top of your smartphone and you can scan your physical card into the game or something dude i wish i that has been so um I played a lot of Magic the Gathering growing up. And so I have like a decent collection. It's a, it's a lot of old cards. Right. Um but that was they they like years ago and it's still a thing right now. It's it's called Magic the Gathering online. And 
they have you can go on and you can play magic on the internet with random people and it was with all the cards or whatever but i had always had the hardest time playing it because there wasn't this was before hearthstone came out and all those other um you know gwent and whatever other card games there are out right now but it was i wanted to play it but i always had the hesitation because i'd have to start over with my uh collection it's quite the investment too yeah like i have all these cards sitting in a box i want a way to scan them in be like oh if i buy if i go out and i buy a physical booster of um magic even if the even if that booster like the booster costs like four dollars or something even if i paid six dollars for the booster but that six dollars gave me the ability to scan it in and i can have a virtual set of the same cards that i have physical that'd be great that'd be so good and i want that so bad you know i wonder if they wouldn't do i wonder if they would actually do that though because they would probably wouldn't have a because they would probably want you to do first point of sale and not be able to like buy a card from me and then scan it in as virtual. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of it is preventative, right? Because what's stopping both of us from buying me to buy a, a booster pack and then go to you and be like, okay, here you go. They'd have to have a unique number on every single card they print. Yeah, and that's that's hard. Totally is. I played but, a little Hearthstone too, but I felt like the balance got way out of control and I never looked back. Yeah, and that game was... Um, I found it harder to play as a free-to-play game. Like, I, Really? I, I, yeah, I feel like I hit a wall. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of um, ways for me to earn that much gold and like unlock cards in a like good way to where I could just make decks that were continue to be relevant and, uh, and play it over and over again. Like I have a deck that I made years ago when the game first came out, but it's so out of date now that like, it doesn't do very well anymore and it's definitely not uh standard kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that game was that is something about it underlyingly irritated me because I knew it wanted me to spend more money. Yep. So and they do, man. Like they target that game targets the whales. It targets the people that are going to drop, you know, six hundred dollars every time a new uh, expansion comes out because they want all the cards so they can make whatever deck that they want, which is fine. Like, you know, whatever. All all power to you if you want to if you want to target the people that want to be able to drop that much money but at the same time uh give me a good way to play for free and i feel like uh magic the gathering arena actually does a really good job of that um i started uh picking that up again because i'm like you know i don't i don't go to the game stores anymore Uh, i don't have time i don't i don't have all like all my collections really old so i don't really have any of the new sets so I'm like, well, let me try Arena. And so I gave it a whirl and I got in and I spent like uh, $5 or something. There's a there's an intro pack that you can get that gives you a bunch of coins and gems. Gems are their premium currency. Coins are their free currency. Yeah. And like a bunch of cards and stuff like that. And 
I spent a lot of time playing just the tutorial against the the AI opponent, and that unlocked a bunch of cards and gave me a bunch of gold. They have like a good amount of daily quests that give you a decent amount of gold every single day to where you can you can every two days um like every day that you get you get a um a quest to unlock um 500 gold as a daily quest for doing whatever thing that they want you to do um and then it's a thousand gold to unlock to buy one booster pack so every two days if you do the daily quests you can buy another pack of cards so it's you actually can grow your uh collection quite fast and by not really spending any money is it um is it pc or tablet or mobile all of them right now it's only pc which is kind of disappointing uh it's not even on mac uh i would love to have it as a tablet um if i could if i could play it on the couch on my ipad i think i would play it a lot more than i do uh but i mean i I've I've already been playing it quite a bit, <laughs> to be honest. So anymore, and that could get into could get me into trouble. But I I really hope that they come out with a tablet game or a tablet version of it soon. I mean, I'm sure they would if it becomes successful. That's that's a huge market they're missing out on on the money on the money train. Yeah, I agree. And like I think um, it's built with Unity. So really? it shouldn't be that yeah, it shouldn't be that difficult to get it onto a tablet. No, not at all. They have export tools for that. Yeah. So I would Maybe think there, is it or is it still an early access type game? Uh I What's don't know. What's it called? Actually. Magic what? Magic the Gathering Arena. Yeah, arena. Is it I don't think it's in beta anymore. It was in beta for like a good year or something, but I don't think it is anymore. Hmm. Oh no, it is Magic the Gathering Arena beta is currently available for PC only. So yeah, technically, it's still in beta. That's why they want to get their shit tweaked. Probably want to get the game as balanced as possible before they release it to the fucking flooding masses. For all you know, their server technology can't even handle that. <laughs> That's true. You know, you limit to the PC community. All right, all right, we're gonna put it on fucking Android. We're gonna be a new Fortnite. Nuked. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No one's gonna be new Fortnite for a while. God, I hope it dies. <laughs> Dude, I would. I was hoping so hard when uh, Apex Legends came out that that was gonna be the thing that killed Fortnite. And I'm really sad that it wasn't. <laughs> and now Fortnite's it, like back at the top. I think all it did was it probably stole their older audience. I would probably get take a guess on that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people who still fucking play it. And they're yeah, a lot of people age. are salty about it, though. Yeah, they are. But, yeah, this looks dope. I might even play this. Download yeah, now. Yeah, man, it's great. They, uh, one of the things that I found out that I really like, so one of the ways that you can play Magic, right, is, uh, is called a draft. And, like, when you do a draft in a, in a game store, you sit at a table with a bunch of other people and you get three booster packs and you open one up, you pick a card from it, you pass the deck to your left, and then you pick another card from the new set of cards that you just got and you keep passing. 
and you do that for all three booster packs and then you build a 40 card deck with all the cards that you just picked and uh from there you have like a little tournament and typically in a game store there's like oh if you get you know two wins and you get like store credit or something like that it's it's a best of uh it's like a three-tiered system or whatever double double elimination tournament and um it's great it's a lot of fun and they have that same format in the uh arena but one what i just recently found out and which is great if you go through and you pay for to do to participate in the draft you get like a little draft token or whatever and so you're like okay i'm in this draft and so you go through and you can like say you have an hour and you sit down for an hour you can um you you go through you pick your cards you build your deck and you're like okay like well that took me an hour and i i don't have any more time to play that's fine you can come back tomorrow and you still have access to the draft with the deck that you just made. And so now you can start playing with that deck and you play until you either get two lo- losses or seven wins, but they don't have to be all at the same time. You can do that. Oh, that's super cool. I used to hate that about that fucking arena. And uh, what's it? Fucking Hearthstone. Yeah. You had to do it all at this L at once, right? Like you don't yeah. have to do that with this. You could do a draft over the course of a week or two weeks. It doesn't matter. It's great. It's a good way to to see your competitors' problems and fucking fix it for other people. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, man. Because sometimes you might have like multiple hours that you could just chill in front of the computer and play games. Sometimes you might like, you know, lose <laughs> and get like upset because you lost in a really shitty way, and you're like, okay, I don't really want to play right now because I'm just mad. <laughs> yeah, totally. So. I don't know. It's kind of cool, man. Uh, I've been enjoying it. You should check it out. I think I might. So I uh, recently got back into d and I used to play a lot of second 3.5. Well, 3.0, then 3.5. And I skipped fourth edition and I just kind of fell off the bandwagon and I joined a friend's fifth edition campaign. Um, and I probably was the only veteran player in terms of d and not fifth edition at all. But the website D&D Beyond made it pretty fucking easy. So, like, really easy. Um, yeah, man. But, I don't know. I was like, hey, where are my feats? Oh, there's no feats. Well, there's kind of feats, but not really. And everything's super easy now, and I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Part of me likes to dive in deep. Yeah, and they... They took a different turn on it from back in the day where everything was like super drilled down. It's definitely a lot easier nowadays. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't tarnish the role playing or not. It just makes the uh, the mechanics a little easier. Um, but so I made my character because my favorite setting of all time is Planescape. So I made a tiefling, because apparently that was allowed, and I made my character from Sigil, or Sigil, depending on who you're, where in the world you're from. Some people argue about that one. Um, and our first couple encounters were just some tests, because the rest of the players were new, completely new to D&D, no, no prior play experience. So one was just a... a generalized combat encounter and then one was an encounter where you're expected to escape 
And I was the only one that picked up on that. Uh, How'd that go? Uh, we almost had a death. So Damn. basically, like uh, a like a in the first encounter, we accidentally one of our party members accidentally killed a bunch of orphans that were <laughs> stealing for a a beggar lord. I guess you could call it. Uh, the word pimp was used, <laughs> <laughs> and that caused the 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 beggar lord or the ogre to come in, and he was a high level ogre, and nobody knew that. The bartender there was like, you should probably run, run, and my rogue was like, yeah, we should probably get the fuck out of here. So, basically, everybody was trying to hurt the uh, the ogre, like, take him down, and I was only trying to hinder him. So, a couple things I did was I ran to the stairs, I ran up the stairs, I tied my rope to the top of the stairs, I poured, I had two bottles of oil, I poured one of my, I poured my oil on the stairs, um, and I left it there. And I put the, and then I, I went down to the bottom of the stairs while holding the rope and then waited and then tried to tell my party members to come over here. They didn't listen to me. So then um, two of them did eventually come over and the third one went running straight towards this fucking ogre. And I'm like, this is it. He's going to fucking die. He's going to one shot him. <laughs> and the DM, the DM fucking didn't roll very well and missed. And then so I was like, shit, the next round though, he's going to disengage and get hit, get attack of opportunity and get fucked. So. Um, earlier in the map, I'd I'd forgotten this. I had put um, ball bearings at the door to try to prevent the escape of the orphans that we were fighting. We didn't know they were orphans. We thought they were halflings. Um, he <laughs> slipped on those, and then I I tied my second bile oil around a shortbow arrow, and I had to roll at a minus four penalty because of the weight, but I I passed, and I also put a wick and lit it. And I shot it at him at his feet, and it blew up, and he got on fire. And then, uh, then I was like, "You need to get over here." The other person, and he came in, and we ended up getting out. And then that was the end of the campaign for now. So we're uh, now the real adventure starts. He he just our DM was using it to teach our new people stuff. <laughs> oh, okay, kind so. of a like before the actual campaign starts. Like here's mm-hmm. how combat works, and here's yep. how difference. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um. I always play rogues almost all the time, or I play black guards, depending on what uh, alignment I am. So I just like to be handy. I like I always play my rogue as a support most of the time. I don't try to be fucking elite damager. They can be elite damagers, but I, I don't really attempt to to try to get it in someone's face. I always try to stay back. I often play chaotic neutral characters too, so most of the time I'm only there for myself anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So uh you made a rogue, uh but you're only rogue. level are you level one? Level right one now? Yeah. Okay, yep. okay. So you haven't chosen your archetype yet? No. Uh-uh. Okay. What does okay. that kick in? Fifth level? Uh level three, I think. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not done any of that stuff, but man, so let me say that D D Beyond website, I remember being playing second edition in like 1998 1997 and just wishing something like this fucking existed back then like have you used it before oh yeah i have a subscription it is so fucking cool yep i don't even have a character sheet i just brought my laptop and then i you know i i was it was like i had to instead of having a race that i had used two vials of oils just fucking removed them from the app you know like it's very neat. 
So I don't know if um one of the one of the coolest things that I like about that application too, and it it's really good for kind of newer players um, that don't have any of the books. So if say I'm the DM uh, and I go on D and D Beyond and I buy they they have a digital copy of all the books that um, are fifth edition. Mm-hmm. I can buy uh, the digital copy of the book, and if I pay the five dollar subscription to their service then I can make a campaign and I can invite you to the campaign and I can say, I want to share the books that I've purchased. And so now since you're in my campaign, you can go in and you can like say about the player's handbook, you can go in and view the entire player's handbook digitally and not have to buy it yourself. Oh, that's why I was able to do that. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And then it makes it super good because if you have, um, like say as well as the DM, right? If I buy uh the the dungeon master's guide or anything like that, I have all of that entire loot table, and then I have access to all the items that are in there that I can be like, okay, cool. Well, your character now gets this item, and then you have access to the item in your inventory. Because that's one of the downfalls with using it is that if you don't have any of the books, or your DM doesn't have any of the books if they are starting to attribute items to you, it does make it harder um, because you still have to have, unless you're paying for it, you still have to have a paper uh, version of the item. Uh, You won't have a digital version of it. I mean, you could type one in yourself, I guess, but uh, having all the books really helps. And, and D and D beyond is a, has been a supporter of the critical role series for a while. So that's also really cool because a shit ton of the critical role content is in D&D Beyond. Uh, Somebody in our group was using a class from that show, Blood Hunter. Oh, yeah, that's a new one that Matt Mercer came up with uh, this most recent, like within this last year. Yeah, well, I got high praise for this shit. Like I, there's a couple things in my lifetime that have come and I remember dreaming about as a kid. I remember dreaming about an, a, a channel dedicated to anime that never happened, but it did in terms of Crunchyroll and having a like a website D and D thing, and <laughs> here it is. It's pretty. All sweet. your childhood dreams have been fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, I never knew that this was out there. Like, I knew you could like, I knew like you could. I mean, you could pirate the PDFs, right? Uh, and don't do that, fuckers. But you could, like, <laughs> but right. Nothing to this, not nothing to this fucking degree. Like, holy shit. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, we got, we won't be doing uh, that campaign again for till the 31st. So I can uh, update the show again on, uh, on that one. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be playing some, some small time role playing a little bit once in a while. I don't know why I fell off it. I think it's just because most of my, well, so I, I shouldn't say that I played 3.5 when I first moved out here for a while. Um, with some people from Tucson that I would drive down every weekend. Uh, but that stopped in like 2010. <laughs> so, no, so it's been a while. Yeah. Yep. But most of my group was back in Michigan. So they all got scattered to the winds. But yeah, it's fun. And D&D Beyond's dope. It is. Hey, D&D Beyond, you should sponsor the TMG Syndrome podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you're listening, uh, we we may not have as good quips as Sam Regal, but we'll do our best. Maybe we could do a we could do a live D and D 
TMJ thing one day. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I'd be, totally be down for that. Yeah, it'd be hard to get together, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like a weekly thing. It'd be like a monthly thing, probably, because we're all busy. But yeah. yeah. Or hell, cool. we could even do like a, a one shot to try it out. Yeah, I, I'm down. Live stream it on the on the tubes. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think we we talk, I think we talked about a lot of good stuff today. Uh, I I have an itch now to go play some magic. So I think I that's what I'm cards. gonna do. Yeah, man. I gotta I gotta uh, do something to tie me over for another week, so I can finally, you know, we can finish off Game of Thrones. I can put this this nine year story to bed, and then and and like make some popcorn, not for the show. But for the chaos that I'm sure is going to happen on Twitter after the show's over, like at 7:30 next week, next Sunday, be on Twitter because I'm sure it's going to be great. And YouTube too, the city reactions. You know, I wonder if Disney's trying to hope that they have the next big TV show on their streaming service because they got a lot coming out. And the only thing I've seen from HBO is that Watchmen clip you showed me. Yeah, it seems like Watchmen's the next big thing that's going to be coming out on the HBO side, and we'll see. We'll see if it's any good. I, I have my I, doubts, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, but all right, sweet cultural phenomenon shit's ending. Yep. Uh, but yeah, well, hopefully we'll have Daddy Tim, new Daddy Tim, um, back to give his opinions. I'm sure he'll have plenty, and we'll see what happens. But uh, you know what you guys should do. Guys and ladies and people should leave us an iTunes review. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, a rating. A rating. And if you're on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, and hit that, that stupid bell that everyone keeps telling you to hit. Yeah, you got to like, com- at least like and comment. Believe it or not, the algorithm has changed a bit where subscribing and the bell don't really matter much. But the, the engagement part from liking and commenting, it helps our videos more. Oh, so do that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's a, it's a big there's a big fucking algorithmic change last month. Oh, interesting. And the engagement is now king. They want that engagement. Huh. So or they they want engagement in a different way now. Yeah, and disliking it counts as engagement. So if you hate her ass, fucking hit the dislike button too. Yep. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how stupid we are. And hit yeah, that like disc- that Star Wars guy. Yep. We love that guy. We love you, Star Wars guy. We love you, Star Wars guy. So, all right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.